Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I just want to welcome everyone. If you're new, you will want to thank the person who told you about this podcast, especially today. If you are a single parent, this is going to be fabulous. In fact, this this podcast could really change your life, I think. So before we get started, though, with our guest, I just want to share a few minutes about some things that happen in our house and about being screen strong and raising screen strong kids and what that means is we're really bold and we just say no to toxic screens. And we have a Facebook group and we have a lot of wonderful parents in there that ask tons of incredible questions. And this is just the community that I wish I'd had back when I was raising my oldest and we kind of made a bunch of mistakes with his screen use. But just want to share a couple little things that I thought about before we we came on the air here today. You know, we talk a lot about what do your kids do now that, you know, you don't have video games and social media and screens as their entertainment. And I think it's really important to understand that you've got to change some things in your house a little bit. And this is what I realized even again this weekend when I was just kind of watching what my kids do, because we have two teenagers still in our house out of our four, our younger two are still at home. And what I have done in the past is really still working. And what it is, is that you have things out in plain view that you want them to do. And then you put away the things that you don't want them to do. And I know that sounds so simple, but just like, for example, if, if you don't want your kids to eat M&Ms all day, then don't buy them and put them in bowls all over your house. So that's just kind of a simple thing I learned. I don't know, maybe I'm slow. It took me a while to learn this as a parent. For TV, for example, a lot of people are saying, well, my kids are watching a lot more TV now that I've taken their video games away. Well, what we did in our house when our kids were little, we had a rule that said when the sun was out, you could not turn the TV on. So that really helped all day. That really helped. And then in the evenings, what we would do, we just wouldn't keep the remote control on the coffee table. Now, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but it really works. We would put the remote control somewhere hidden, somewhere where they couldn't see it. So it wasn't their natural go-to thing that they just picked up. So as your kids are learning how to balance screens. I think it's really wrong for us as parents to just put screens in every room. This is just, a, you know, these are just little tips that we've got to really think about what we have out in plain view. We keep a lot of board games out. We keep a puzzle going at all time. We keep books out. We keep magazines out. And, you know, we even put the Atlas out on the den um, coffee table and they love picking this stuff up. So my, my tip of the day here, I guess, is that your kids will do what is the easiest thing to do and what's out in plain view. If you want them to do some crossword puzzles, then put some crossword puzzles out. If you want them to do art, you know, put markers at your kitchen table. So it's not rocket science, but it really does work. And And it goes right into our question today. How do you do all this, Melanie? I get this question all the time. How do you do this when you're a single parent? We have a lot of questions about this. And my heart really goes out to folks that are having to uh, work full time, raise their kids full time. They're trying to figure out how can I be a screen strong family? So today our guest is Candace Collins. Candace is a mom 
a single mom of a six-year-old daughter. Welcome, Candace, to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. We are so glad you're here. And we have so many people that are waiting to just hear how you do this, because I understand that you have taken a stand on this issue. First, tell us what made you really passionate about this issue in general. Yeah, I think it really started. Well, of course, it started once I had my daughter, because prior to becoming a mom, um, I worked a lot. I worked with a lot of young adults. You know, I went through a season in my life where I was a retail store manager. And so getting to interview a lot of young people um, who, you know, were out there doing their first job. And I started to realize, like, even simple communication skills were on the decline and then when the data and the research started to come out about how screens and phones and technology has really taken away this generation's ability to have an eye-to-eye, face-to-face conversation, I started to see that unfold right in front of my eyes. And then fast forward, um, I was doing ministry with college-age young, adult, young adults, and same thing. I started to see just the effects of what technology, social media was doing when it came to mental health, when it came to their social lives, just the whole gamut, right? I know you've talked about this time and time again on this podcast. And so as I started to raise my daughter, I realized, oh my goodness, like this has to start now or fast forward down the road, I'll be in the same predicament, you know? So what does that look like for us? And so you know, we actually, it was, it was kind of funny. Our church, the, we, we, as a staff, we would do this week long prayer and fasting. And every year I would always fast from social media as part of my, on, in addition to my food fast. And my daughter was three at the time. And I kind of went, oh my gosh, like, why can't she fast with me from screens? So t- at that time it would be TV or just, you know, the, the tablet that she would watch. Um, just to entertain her so I could get a few minutes to myself, right? And so once I realized that even at that young of an age, my daughter had the ability, even if it was just for a week, to be screen-free along with me, I started to realize, okay, this, this is doable, you know? But then as I started seeing statistics and data and what it's doing, and I saw it, again, in front of my own eyes doing ministry, that's when I really started to take part of I want to be countercultural in this with my daughter, with my family. Well, I think that that is so interesting that you got a glimpse of fast forward a little bit, you know, you (laughs) like, oh no, this is going to be my daughter in 10 years or something. (laughs) So I think that's so helpful because, you know, I, I didn't really have a glimpse. And when I was going through all my stuff, you know, I wish so badly I had had a group like Screen Strong that could show me a glimpse. But you actually, um, it sounds like hanging around a lot of the young kids and you nailed it. You nailed it. They are missing, you know, I mean, no, no offense to them, I, you know, totally, but they're missing totally. communication skills. Right. And, you know, the value you saw front line, the value and what happens when there's a void there and what's missing. And it's really pitiful. I mean, I think that's the only word that I can think of. Yeah. Yeah. You have a young adult in the workplace who's really can't make eye contact and who's anxious and awkward and all these things that we're supposed to work out, you know, when they're younger. So that was, would you say that was sort of your defining 
I don't know, defining moment or with your daughter, your, that time when you took that whole week off, was that sort of the time when you realized, Hey, I'm just going to keep doing this? Yeah, I think it was, you know, we, we kind of look forward to that week because it just was the convenience of doing it with other people. Right. But then as she started to get older, I started to recognize how she would act when it came to screens versus no screens. Like, I mean, there were times where she would pitch a fit, you know, if I took it away. And that's when I was like, whoa, that mm, we should not be acting like that over (laughs) a tablet, you know, and, you know, and it's like, I don't want to have to use that as a punishment because that means there's some kind of connection there. Right. And so, yeah, I think as she got older and I started to see, I mean, she's about to be in first grade and there are times that we're at the playground and there's people her age with cell phones. And I scratched my head like, holy crap, like this is where we are, you know, and that's scary to think about because again, access, right? And so, yeah, I just, I think it was just a combination of all of those things along the way. And as she got older and even with myself and seeing how I can be in response to screens, that's scary as well. And so I just, yeah, I just had to make that decision of this will not be us. Yeah. Well, you just said something. I'm so glad you just you just said something that was so great. Um, you, you probably didn't even realize you did, but I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But when you said about not wanting to use it like for a punishment or, or I don't know if that's what you said, but it triggered that in my head. So a lot of people use screens as a reward or a punishment. And I made that mistake. Of course, I've made more mistakes than anyone who is actually listening on the podcast today. Um, I'll just be real upfront with that. So one of our biggest mistakes was thinking that it was the best reward or, you know, the best punishment. And what I realized from that is that we cannot give the screens in our kids' life that much power, that those things have to be neutral. I mean, we have to just treat it like a piece of furniture. Like it's not a reward or a punishment to be able to open the refrigerator, you know? (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's technology and we can use certain things at certain times, but we do have a lot of questions around this topic And I've done this for so many years and parents say, as single parents, they say, but this is the only thing I can use to, to get them to do what I want them to do. And not just single parents. I mean, we all use it, but especially it seems like with single parents, they really struggle. And my heart really goes out to single parents that are having to manage all this. And um, I want you to give us some, some tips. And, And first of all, talk about what is the actual challenge. What is the challenge that you see of being a single parent and being a screen strong family still? Yeah, I think part of the challenge is, right, like, as a single parent, there's this burden, right? There's this load that you're carrying. I work from home. So that that in itself is a challenge, right? But it's, you know, you're working, you've got to feed them and take care of them and spend time with them. You know, the list is long. And there's that mental load of motherhood that is multiplied in a single parent home. And so I can fully understand that there is a lot of ease in in something that we acknowledge that our kids enjoy, which is tablets, screens, phones, television. And so we know that they can zone into that world, which gives us some breathing room to just Mm -hmm. stop and slow down. You know, for me along this journey, what I've realized is I think, especially early on, 
I just didn't want to deal with. If the screens aren't there, if the tablet isn't there, then she's looking to me to entertain her. What do I do, mom? Like she's staring at me like, oh, what do I do now? You know, and that, that when you're when you're at the point of the day where you're just like, I don't care. I'm just tired. Just leave me alone. Then it's easier to give in to say, here, just take the tablet. Right. But it's with everything. It takes one step forward. It takes time. And you just have to. I had to muddle through that stage of constantly redirecting and showing her that you can do other things. And eventually we got to a place where it's like now she can entertain herself without a screen in front of her and I can still get my own space or, you know, even if it's just a few moments. Right. And so, you know, I think there's times where we just, we just don't want to deal with the repercussions of taking something from our, taking something away from our kids that we know they love, but in the end, it's totally worth it. Talk about that redirecting. I love that word. I love the way you said that, the stage of redirecting. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, that really nails it. Is it something that you have to do like all the time? Have you noticed that she's now able to redirect herself? How does this work? How did, how did it start? Like when you, when you were first trying to take, you know, the screens away and just say, you know what, this can't be an option, even though I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like even talking to one more person, but you know, I I know that worn out, exhausting feeling. So what did you do? Did you give her something else? Yeah. So what I did is, you know, it it was baby steps. So it would be like, Hey, I'm going to just give 10 minutes of my time and sit with her and color or sit with her Mm -hmm. and do a puzzle or, you know, something that was entertaining, but different. And then I would slowly pull away and say, okay, now you do this 10 minutes yourself, you know? And so just over time, just increasing that time to where right now, I mean, we're at the point now where she knows at three o'clock in the afternoon, she goes into her room and it's just an hour of quiet time, right? Do whatever you want in your room, no tablets, no nothing, you know? And the things that she comes up with is just incredible. But yeah, you know, and you have your moments where she would stare at me and say, I'm bored. I'm like, cool, figure it out. Because again, I'm not, I can't, I'm not responsible for your entertainment. And I've even had to say those, they sound kind of harsh, but I've had to say those, I'm not responsible for your fun because I'm not. And so, yeah, I think over time, but also I think what's, what's really important is when I am not working, you know, when she's not in school and there's that space for us to do things together, I have to model it then as well so that she then understands that this environment can have puzzles and arts and I mean, I've got like 10 paper airplanes sprawled across our house right now because we went, we went into this paper airplane contest the other day, you know? And so now she knows how to do paper airplanes, but I think it's when we model it together and that time that's intentional time together that when it's time for them to be alone, yeah then they remember all of these awesome options that they have and they can step into that space. You really nailed it there again. You're doing like, this is so great. Okay. So (laughs) this 10 minute thing that you said, I remember back when one of my, well, my oldest, he was probably three and I worked from home and I was really, oh my gosh, working my tail off and Mm. it was so hard you know, I wasn't a single parent, but my husband was gone all the time. 
Like, so I felt like a single parent. I still had the 12 hours of the day, you know, so I was felt like it. So anyway, what you said, though, that just really made me remember that when I would just take 10 minutes, I mean, you were so right. It's 10 minutes. And I would every hour or hour and a half, I would sit down with him and read a book for 10 minutes, play blocks with him for 10 minutes, do something for 10 minutes. And then he would just be fine. It was almost like a gas tank. He just needed a little bit of gas every hour and a half or something. And then that bought me another hour and a half. I mean, it really, really worked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, you don't have to have this vision of, Oh, I have to be my child's playmate and sit down for 12 hours today and play with my kid. They just need a little bit of gas from you. And then they're happy as clams and then they need it again. And it's best if you can fill them up, you know, before they have the meltdown. Right. So put your timer on your phone when you're working and say, okay, hour and a half, we're going to go read a book. Even if they don't want to read a book, we're going to read a book and fill them up. And then they're they're off and and playing. I mean, that, that really works. It does. And so for you, what are some other things you did? You'd read, you would what you obviously wouldn't sit down and, and get on an iPad or watch TV, right? Oh yeah. So we we're, we're a big Lego family here. So there's Legos in every corner of this house. So that's like last night we sat down and built a balance beam, uneven bar, like a gymnastics cool. set, you know, whether like yeah. it was just to get creative. And sometimes I'll even give her things like, like, Hey, build a playground, just use your imagination, build a playground. So yeah, Legos, coloring, reading, yeah. she's got magnetiles. Um, you know, she's got a book where she loves stories. So like even just practicing writing out stories on her own, her art cart, like I said, is chock full of things like, Hey, what can you create today? You know, just even just challenging her to think of something new and outside the box. And we try to do that together. So again, that way she's empowered to then do that when it's time for her to be on her own. Sometimes she'll just sit and, you know, and I'm not afraid to even use that time to say, Hey, maybe let's go go through your doll stuff and organize your toys, you know, like oh, yeah. it doesn't always to have clean to be, something. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be like play stuff. It can also be like, Hey, there's things around the house. Right. I'm a timer. How much can you pick up and get to where it belongs in this 20 minute time span? No, that's a really good tip. So giving them 10 minutes at a time, getting them to organize stuff. I think that is a fabulous tip. I started doing this with the twins when they were little and you know what? they still do it. It's like the gift that keeps giving, you you know, you like, they like to clean the bathroom. I know that sounds crazy, but you know, we started young and they're still doing it now. This three o'clock quiet time idea. I love this idea. I think every child should be able to spend an hour in their room. Now, depending on their age, you have to adjust that a little bit, but we love the idea of quiet time in our house. Um, We've always done this and it's not even a choice. It's just the thing. It's just like eating. We eat, you know, we do this, we, whatever we have quiet time. It's just a thing that we do. How did you figure that out? I mean, you just started figuring out how long she could kind of play by herself. Yeah, I actually started off with 20 minutes and then we increased to 40 and then we got to an hour. And I I tell you what, probably the first couple weeks of doing that, she, you know, because I think the other, which I think kids are attached to us as parents in general, but for, for me, it's like, I'm it as a single parent. Right. So there is definitely some, I call her a stage five clinger from time to time, but you know, she, she took it personal. Like she internalized that mommy didn't want to spend time with her, you know? So we had to kind of work through some of that, but it's like, no, 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 this is, this is good for both of us. Like we, we need that time just for ourselves, you know, just kind of investing in her and like, this is a good thing that you're going to appreciate someday down the road. Trust me. 
So we just kind of worked up to it, you know, for the first few times she just would lay in her bed because she was miserable and she would cry a little bit, you know, but now, like I said, she just walks her little self in there and that hour and, and it's, and it's just cool. And there, and I pop in there just to smile and say, hi, or I love you, you know, but yeah, but yeah, that hour has been a solid thing. And it was just because I watched other parents that I admire who had done the same thing, you know? So I was like, oh my gosh, why have I not incorporated this into my life? You know? And I, I make sure to plan that hour well for myself too, so that I'm getting the most that I need out of that while she's doing her thing. Cause that's a real rich hour for you. Um, yes. And you're, cause you're not worried at all. You know that she's happy. And I love the idea that our kids can be apart from us like that. Um, and this, this works whether you're a single parent or not. This is just true across totally. the board totally. that they can be apart from you for that hour. And then you come back together and they had a chance to miss you. They love seeing you again. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, we, we can't be attached to our kids 24 seven. No. That's not healthy. And I can see how that's probably one of the biggest challenges as a single parent is you are it. Mm-hmm. But it also is true, again, for some parents who who have, you know, spouses or whatever that are just gone all the time, too. But anyway, we're talking about single parents today. So you can you can feel um, that that burden and it's very real. It's very hard. It's very it's just tough. And I and my heart just goes out. You also know, though, of course, that you depend on, on your village too. So yeah. talk about your, your village. Cause you, you are it for your kid, but, but we have other adults in our kids' lives. I mean, we have plenty of people in our neighborhood and all the different things that our kids are involved with, but talk about that. What does your village look like and how do you use your village? I, I know at some point my daughter will be a teenager and I will not be cool anymore. And she's going to go to other adults in my life. And I want those adults to be people that I know and trust. Right. So this is yeah. the time to build that. And part of, right, I think, I think that's, I know I've seen that in some of my peer friends, especially other single parents, like, it's just so hard to build relationships with people and have friendships and, and kind of have that village. Cause I feel like it's such a rare thing these days, just from what I'm seeing. Part of that is just me saying, I've got to let go of myself in this, right? Like when life is hard, I have to be honest and okay with that to let those people around me know that so they can show up for us, which is what they want to do. They want to bless us in that way. So yeah, we've got a couple of families that really consider us as their family. There's so many people in my church that will, are willing to step in at any point in time. And I have to not be afraid to say, I need help, right? Yeah. And the more I do that, the stronger that bond goes. But in June of last year, moved into an apartment, just the two of us. This is the first time that the two of us have actually lived on our own. We've always lived with people because I couldn't afford it financially. And so that was a massive step for us. But one of the first things we needed to do was build relationships with our neighbors because again, you just have to be intentional about that because you never know what you're going to need, but you also never know how you can be a blessing to somebody else. And so, you know, we've got neighbor friends now that, you know, we've taken each other's kids to school and, we can call each other when we need, you know, sugar, right? But on top of that, it's like, I know I can call on them if I need to get out for 20 minutes and they can watch her and help out with that, you know? But we have people that, like I said, they they will call Lincoln just to talk to her. They will come grab her and take her for play dates. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely 
a vital piece, but, you know, we're, we're built for community. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, when I think about the term single mom, I know for me, even though that in reality is the life I live when it comes to being the breadwinner and being it at the end of the day, we've definitely been blessed with people who have surrounded us and have taken us on as their own families. And I could not survive without that. Yeah. Well, and I don't think any of us can survive without our community. And I, I love that you've been able to take advantage of that and really, you know, benefit from that. And your daughter is going to benefit from that so much. That's going to be one of her gifts that you've given her that, that she'll take the rest of her life. And, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the challenges here. Talk a minute about the benefits. Is there, I mean, I don't mean to sound like insensitive or anything, but um, we have a lot of people in our community that have spouses that are not agreeing with them and they're constantly sort of at odds. You know, we want to go screen free. He doesn't want to, or she doesn't want to, and I do. And there's, again, I don't want to be insensitive to it, but what are the benefits of being a single parent and being screen strong? I mean, I'm putting you on the spot here. Um, (laughs) What can you, I mean, one thing right off front, I'm just thinking right up front is you do get to make the decisions and, and you don't have that conflict with another adult who's not agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually just on a trip with a friend and we talked about that um, where they, they had a struggle with, he saw it one way and she saw it the other. And so as we were talking through that, it was, it was interesting, you know, because it's like one can already recognize some of the social issues that are happening in their kids as a result of cell phones. And then the other's like, no, but all their friends have it. So we can't like do that to them. Right. Um, but I would say, yeah, for me, yeah, I get to make all the decisions and it, it, it is me. And that is definitely <laughs> great. But, you know, I, I also really, truly believe that as a single parent, like it's so easy to like get to the end of each day and you just, you just feel like you're surviving all the time. Right. It's like, man, I, I wake up, I work, I make sure she's fed and taken care of. I make sure the house is clean most of the time. You know, it's like you're kind of just going through these daily motions. And very rarely do I, you know, for the longest time, I would rarely like take a step back and just recognize this sweet opportunity that I have to connect with this little human being that's with me all day, every day. And so the more we get to really truly connect personally, it's just making our relationship that much richer, right? And I can see that even in how she interacts with other people, with her with her peers, I'm just proud to be able to see that she can have friends over and they're not just watching TV and playing video games or, you know, being on tablets, right? Like they can play dolls and they can play house and make up things and and truly like enjoy each other and get to know each other. And so, you know, I think that 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 added benefit of our our time together and our relationship is just that much sweeter absent the the stress that I don't think we realize often that screens actually brings into our homes. You're making such an incredible investment in her. I mean, when you look at it like that, it really is an investment in in that relationship. What would you say to a mom that's sitting in front of you, you know, or even a dad who says, 
you know what, this sounds great for you, Candace, and you just figured it all out and that's great, but I just can't do it. I'm, I just am so stressed. What would you say to them to encourage them and to someone who feels like they're just really at the end of their rope and they're just going to give in and they're going to just give them their tablets and their games and, and their phones back? What would you say before you let, let them do that. <laughs> yeah. I think the first thing is I, I would be honest and admit that I'm absolutely not perfect at this because everything is a journey. Right. And so to give yourself grace, because this is not going to be, you're going to go from here to fully spring strong in 24 hours. Like that's just not possible. Right. And so giving yourself grace in the journey, but also I would say, you know, as a parent, right. We want the best for our kids and, I know for me, because the data is so realistic now, like we're seeing the impacts of that. I want what's best for her. And so that means I have to make a hard conscious decision to do something hard and different, right? And so just picking one little thing a day, it's just one step, one decision at a time and go from there, you know, whether it's, hey, let's just try a screen-free morning if normally your kid has it in the morning. Like, let's just go from eight to noon and see what happens. And if you mess up, you mess up. That's okay, you know? So kind of that, but then I'd also say, hey, get some accountability. I think when you have this screen strong community, just like you said, you wish you had this community when you were raising your kids, like lean on the community of people to say, hey, goodness gracious, I cannot do this. Like somebody give me encouragement or, hey, is somebody willing to even shoot me a text message for the next week once a day just to check in? You know, like, I mean, we allow ourselves to feel like we're so alone in these journeys when really we aren't, we don't have to, we don't have to be. And so if we can make that conscious decision to step into what seems like it's so hard and so overwhelming, we start to reap the benefits pretty darn quickly, you know, yeah. and then the more you do that, then the more you are hungry for what's best, but you just have to start somewhere. And it starts with us. I think that's been the other piece of this entire journey for me is I can't sit around and tell my kid no screens today while I'm sitting here scrolling on my phone 24 seven, right? Because more is caught than taught. And so I think the other piece of that puzzle is, hey, we got to take a hard look at our, our own habits and what we're modeling for our kids. Because a lot of times when we start to model an alternative, they naturally start to pick it up. Oh, yeah. They they copy us and they mimic for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And it gets worse yeah. <laughs> as they get to be teenagers. I mean, you know, I don't want to scare you or anything. Oh, no, I've but... heard all the stories. <laughs> I'm already scared. It's okay. We'll get there. <laughs> oh my goodness. It, I no one told me that they were gonna keep watching what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And they don't forget anything. It's like oh they gosh. remember. Oh my even now at six, I'm like, oh, this is this is what I have looked forward to. We're we're not even there yet and we're already there. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, that was really helpful. I think the ideas of leaning on your your community, getting friends together that are like minded. Sharing some of those play dates back and forth really help. Of course, you have to have a schedule when you're working from home. I love the idea of 
quiet time. So you know you can plan that Zoom meeting or whatever you have to do at, yeah. from three to four every day. I'm going to have focused time. I love the idea that you've got the Legos all over the house. I want to just say, please don't keep your house very clean. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't pay off, really. I mean, no, I mean, I think we can certainly teach our kids to be organized and get them to help and be part of that little family unit there. But we do not need a HGTV house. We need as moms and dads, you know, we just don't need to worry about everything looking perfect all the time. I think those are some of the things that you have to say goodbye to when you go screen strong too, because you're going to have the art supplies and just the stuff all over the house. And maybe it doesn't get picked up every day, you know, plus I imagine that y'all can do some fun things too, together in the kitchen, cooking a lot of the chores that you do. She can join with you that can become family time. You know, I don't know. I, I think you've got some really great ideas here. I love the 10 minute thing. Gosh, that rule really saved me. <laughs> so I want to just encourage everybody out there. Think of it literally like a gas tank. <laughs> and you just yeah, need to put definitely. a few gallons in <laughs> every now and then. But as we start to wrap up here, can you paint a picture for our listeners around what you think, where the trajectory and the path that you were on, you know, when more of this was happening in your house, you know, more of the screens were happening versus now? Because there's a lot of people who really just depend on these screen babysitters, mm-hmm. um, you know, so much. So can you give us just a little inspiration about why it's worth it and what you see now? You're a little bit ahead of the game. Your your daughter's only six mm-hmm. and you are already at a point where you figured this out. There are so many parents who have 12-year-olds who are just right. now trying to figure it out. And it just seems so hard. So give us a little, I don't know, inspiration around why you're glad. And I'm assuming that you'll never go back. Um, Most people, once they see the benefits, they, Mm -hmm. they will never go back. Yeah. I think one thing that I, I, I quickly realized just even as I watched her grow into this connection to the screen, which kind of scared me, right? Was in my head, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose her to this world. I'm going to lose her to the world of screens, but the world that's behind it, right? Like that's where she's learning stuff because they watch these shows and these shows teach them crazy things, right? And then the potential of what social media does and goodness gracious, that's like a whole nother conversation, but it's really scary to think about man, that the world is raising her and not me. And so that scared me enough to say, nope, (laughs) I want it to be real people. I want it to be me. I want it to be our village, you know? And so that was a piece of that inspiration is I want to be able to, when she's an adult, an adult and she's out of the house, because that's the goal, um, is, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you know, um, that she, she, she can function in this world as a, as a, as a human being that isn't crippled with social anxiety. And because, I mean, again, because the statistics are showing that that's playing a direct impact on the mental yes. health of this, this generation. Right. And so, um, so that was a piece of it, but also I think too, it's just for us, like I am just excited to continue to see how our personal dynamic and relationship as mother and daughter can really blossom through actual connection 
and through creative things that aren't TV and tablets and screens and, and phones, you know, and stuff like that. Because honestly, I get a window into who she is when she gets to be creative, when she's bored, when we go outside together, you know, it's like, she, like her her friend kind of cracked up at her not so long ago because we we love sunsets like we're just all about sunsets and taking walks at sunset and we get excited with every single sunset you know and her friend was like but they look the same I'm like maybe mm-hmm. do they you know um, but it's like simple <laughs> things like that that mm-hmm. you know we just are like oh this is this is what it means to do life with your kids and because I've gotten the taste of that already at this age. I just know that if we continue on this trajectory, when she does become a teenager, hopefully, I pray that, you know, there, that connection is still there and that she's not zoning out to a phone or screens or TV when she's had a bad day, right? She's, she's coming to a real person to have a conversation and she's not going to the internet. Those are just a few things, but I, I, I think it's never too late. I mean, even if you're, if they're 12, I still think there's time. And yeah. It's hard work, but it's it's doable, you know. I love I love what you the the whole thing that you were talking about the bond and just blossoming your relationship and having more time. I mean, obviously, if it's just the two of y'all going through life together, sort of right now, then you're going to be bonded. And I think that that's a real gift that in itself for you to just see how the screens were kind of stealing that part of you know that time. Right? It's really it's it's just the time that they they end up you know in the screen world it seems like you're on doing something for five minutes and it's been an hour yeah and I I don't know I think that that's one of the biggest myths out there that we can balance it have you ever thought about trying to balance it have you ever thought about well I'll just let her play video games for an hour a day I mean what could hurt right I mean what what is your thought around that yeah, we've we've attempted it, you know, and I and I realized again it was the the heart of it was really just me not feeling like dealing with her. I mean, that's the easiest way to describe it, right? But I also yeah. again realized, yeah, like that 20 minutes quickly turns into all day. Right. And then it's like, okay, so then when I'm ready to spend time with her or do something, she's like, meh, nah, I'm good. You know, and I'm like, ooh, that's not, that's not a win. And so, and I, my, my, my career is social media, digital marketing. So I have to even like overboard my own, myself when it comes to all of that because I do it for my day job. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely have had moments where, I'm like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. She's really good about this. So like today will just be it, you know, I'll just, I'll just give in. And then I, again, I realize that she gets, she gets, she's a different kid (laughs) when it's been too many hours and I, I see it and the frustration that happens over a simple game. It's like, no, this is just a game. We should not be getting this emotionally worked up over something like that, you know? And again, I've had enough of those moments where I'm like, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah, I really agree. I have had those moments too. And I'm of course done with all of those moments. I don't ever want my kids to want their screens more than they want people or more than they want to spend time with their family or yeah, you know, more than they want to spend time with me. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. 
it, and it's not about being an over controlling parent. It's just not healthy. And mm-hmm. it seems to, um, to happen overnight almost, you know, like, oh, I don't know. It. It's just, it it's just kind of crazy how quickly. So we're going to, we're going to wrap up. I, I want to just thank you so much for sharing and just being transparent about your situation. And I, I definitely get the feeling that you would agree that your home is a lot more calm and peaceful, um, yeah. you know, without all of the screen drama. I, I think that is one of the huge benefits is that you don't have all these screen arguments all the time. And as a single parent, you don't have time mm-hmm. to argue with your kids. I, like that's the last thing you want to do. I mean, as any parent, no parent wants to do that. We have them for such a short period of time. Their childhood is so short. And I think that if you make the decision to become a Screen Strong family, you will find that it's a little bit of work at, at, at first, for sure. And like you mentioned today, but the benefits just so far outweigh what you were doing before. And it seems so easy to just give them those phones or that video game. It just seems so easy. But the benefits of taking away now you'll, you'll just never look back. You'll never, I mean, I, I don't know anybody that says, oh, we had such a wonderful experience taking this away, but now we're going to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. (sighs) Oh my goodness. This has been so fun talking to you today. Definitely. I want to, I have so many notes that I took today. I'm so excited because I want to put together a little blog post about this for our, for our audience. But as we wrap up, Can you think of one last thing that you can say to be an encouragement to parents today? I would say, you know, with anything that seems countercultural, it's going to be hard. But just remember that you are not in that ship alone. And so what may seem like impossible truly is possible. And you've got people like me out there who are ready to cheer you on and come alongside of you. You've got an entire community right here with Screen Strong that you can tap into. So don't be afraid to just call the Hail Mary and say, hey, I need help, right? Um, And so, because again, at the end of the day, you will be better for it, your kids will be better for it, and it is totally worth it because no one said the parenting was easy, right? So um, just know that you've got people who are cheering you on, who have been there in the hard moments, but also have had enough great moments to know what's possible and keep that in mind and give yourself some grace. Love it. Thank you for <laughs> making me all teary today. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was so heartfelt. Thank you so much. That will help so many people, everybody yeah. listening. Thank you. Thank you, Candace, so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I hope you all enjoyed listening today. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and share our podcast with your friends and head over to our website to donate and learn more about our Screen Strong Challenge to just help get your kids off these toxic screens. Make sure you join the Screen Strong Families Facebook group that we talked about today. You'll find support there from other parents just like you. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.